welcome to Real Feminism, the podcast where we watch films and discuss them from an intersectional feminist perspective, which is how I was saying, perspective now. Today I'm joined by Corrine. Hi! And Aman. Hey! But before we talk about our film, how are you guys? How are you doing in lockdown 3.0? I'm okay, I'm good. I have to say, I really enjoyed the other lockdowns because it was a way to disconnect, but now I'm just bored. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm over it. I don't know. I know it's for the greater good and everything, but it's just how many walks can you go on? Oh, I know. I haven't gone outside in two days because I'm like, I just can't be asked. I'm so bored. I can't be bothered to walk outside. What's the point? The next day will arrive in a minute and then I'll have to go out again for a walk for my own good and I can't be bothered. I think this is the same for me. The first two lockdowns, you could do, like the first one, it was out, you could do outside, it was sunny, it was hot, now it's cold, raining, and I just don't see the end of it. So I'm very bored, but, uh, so I'm reading books and thank God for books and Netflix and Amazon and all the streaming services. I had four new books arrive today and I was so excited when the postman came. I was like, ah! Also, exciting news, a new bra arrived today that's from a company that makes like bras and pants out of bamboo. And it's like a no underwire, no straps type thing. I guess it's like a bralette. It's so comfy and I'm so happy. And now I don't ever want to go back to wearing lacy sexy underwear. I just want to wear this <laughs> bamboo bra. That, um, in my head, I'm now picturing like lines of bamboo that's been turned into a bra rather than the fibers <laughs> like a bamboo sheet no no i know what you mean about braless though i always just i just wear crop tops now but i start a new job on thursday where i have to go into hospital so i'm not looking forward to wearing an actual bra. my boobs aren't small enough for me to get away with like a crop top under a shirt so <laughs> and because they lean to the side of it if i'm wearing a button-up top they'll like pull the, oh, the yeah. buttons a bit <laughs> And it just looks, it just doesn't look sexy. Not that I want to look sexy at work, but I'd like to look not like someone with big boobs that are just hanging all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> this was good. I'm glad we started the podcast this way because now everyone knows about our boobs. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How's your bra situation been in lockdown, Corrine? How's that going for you? I have to say, when I hear about all those women who are like, oh, I give up wearing bras, and I'm thinking, oh, that's good for you, but I have breasts that doesn't make me live this way, so my situation hasn't changed that much, to be honest. And like, I always think, I don't know about you guys, I get very sweaty under the boob if I'm not wearing a bra, and at least with a bra, it like, it gets that moisture, stops it from going anywhere. <laughs> And without one, I'm like, this is just uncomfortable. And now that I'm not like 19, they do sag a bit. So there's that bit of the boob in contact with the skin. Uh, it's just... No, I feel you. I feel you. That's why I have to wear a crop top at least because yeah. I just need that lift away from my chest. <laughs> <laughs> just need to hoist them up a bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how quickly things change because... I'm 28 and I would have thought I'd have until like I'm 40 until I, my boobs would start like yeah. just dropping but no they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's such an attractive picture of myself. They are hanging loose there. <laughs> 
So this week we watched Hustlers, which came out in 2019, and I had not seen it before until yesterday, but thoroughly enjoyed it when I watched it and was very excited by J-Lo in it, which we'll get to a bit later. I don't know why I said J-Lo like J-Lo, but <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, so it was directed by Lorene Scafario, who also wrote the screenplay. So that's a lady, which is very exciting. I didn't recognise anything else she'd done. It was inspired by an article written by a woman, Jessica Presler, and there were five women on the list of producers, including Miss Jennifer Lopez, which was also quite exciting. I don't know why, but I was like, oh, good for her, branching out. There are a lot of characters to discuss in this film. I don't know whether I'll list them or not. Excitingly, most of the characters come under the intersectional bracket. There are far more women of colour in this film than white women, certainly of like importance as well. So we've got the main character, Destiny, played by Constance Wu, and Ramona, uh, played by J-Lo. Is she Latinx, J-Lo? Yeah. Yeah, she is, she is, yeah. Um, and then we have like some of the other strippers, Justice, Diamond, played by Cardi B, Liz, played by Lizzo, Mercedes. Yeah. Should I say what this film is about? Because for anyone who's not seen it, I'm now just talking about strippers. <laughs> Which is not what I thought when I started watching the film. I was like, oh, these are ladies who work at gentlemen's clubs. That's, I don't know what I thought the film was going to be about, but Hustlers is set in the noughties and follows a group of women who work at a strip bar who, after the financial crash in 2008, have to find different ways to make money other than just working at the bar because all of the rich Wall Street men who went to the bar and spent loads of money now don't have any money because financial crash. And one of the things I really liked about the film is it didn't occur to me that the financial crash would have affected people mm. who strip and dance exotic, exotic dances, as I think they're called on like the neon signs as you walk past. Yeah, I didn't think about how like, oh yeah, of course, like the people spending most of the money in those bars in New York where this is set would have been the Wall Street people. You know, I hadn't, it hadn't occurred to me either. It sounds, it's so- it's so obvious when you watch it, but I think also, I don't think I really realised the damage it had caused back then. Maybe mm. I was too young or maybe to, to like think about it. I mean, I work in finance, so uh, to oh. be honest, it didn't surprise me because I know that since last year, the clubs that we used to have parties in, we don't go anymore. And basically some of them are struggling because those are companies that usually spend a lot of money and it makes sense that without all those people who cannot go outside and also even yeah who cannot go and spend thousands of pounds Mm. obviously that's for them like most of those clubs a table will spend between like a thousand and ten thousand pounds a night so can you imagine if this doesn't come up anymore so that's a big difference obviously for the 2008 crisis to be honest, I remember it happened, but I did not realize how bad it could be for like for all those people, which was true. And did you guys, I got a sense that pre-crash, the strip bar seems like a great place to work. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, so they seemed like they had a really good bond with the other dancers. Like when they were backstage, it just seemed like a fun family of women and Usher turns up at some point and people are just like, <laughs> throwing bills everywhere and I don't know whether it was actually like that but it just seemed I was like oh actually these places seem like kind of fun maybe I'd like to go to one of these places and then after the financial crash it looks so sad 
<laughs> when Destiny comes back in for a job, I was like, oh my God, this is really depressing. Yeah, that was really interesting because like, what I really liked about it was that they showed a sistership, even throughout the whole film, mm. a sistership about it, that they weren't bitchy. But then like the crash happened and then clearly some migration had happened because then the strippers were Russian, weren't they? And mm. they had a different way of doing things. And they were like showing what was actually happening. And so then things changed by globalization because it's what happens here, isn't it? It's like how people say they've taken our jobs because they they do it differently or they're cheaper but that was really interesting but mm. I really really like the fact that the the sisterhood bit was there what I loved was the mum who brought cake in oh. you're like who strips after eating cake what well, doesn't Ramona say like oh mom you're killing us here stop bringing this cake in <laughs> but I think it's more like they have to create this sisterhood to keep sane because yeah. at the end of the day it's them again the rest of the customers and and the fact that they like for example when jello say we have to work together to make more money just fyi i read the article before i saw the movie oh so i already knew the story before i saw the movie and she explained this very clearly that they had to work together it was something that they would do because it was easier they would make more money and it was safer for them oh thank god you are on the podcast because i didn't it didn't even occur to me to read the original article i was just like oh fascinating it's based on an article and then just carried on with my day <laughs> no the article is actually very good and it's very easy to find and i read it maybe even before i knew they're going to make a movie about it so it was actually quite interesting to the movie it was a they had to be like close to each other even if obviously you can see there is competition at the end of the day like you, you're here to make money mm. so yeah it was uh, it was a good one yeah there's a bit as well where uh you see destiny getting her first pay for the night and she has to give like 20 to i guess their manager and then 20 to one of the bouncers or something to basically keep them sweet that was frustrating to see and also like that first opening scene on destiny's first night there were two lines in that opening bit that made me a bit like more and one of them was one of the clients says to destiny hey lucy lou come over here because she's I, yeah east asian and i was like don't call her lucy lou oh but i and think the way they portray all the customers anyway and i think that's why there is like this feeling that you don't really feel bad for them like between this one who called her lucy lou between the one who basically trained to like ask her did your daddy hurt you tell me about it it's so sleazy mm, and yeah. so like i'm trying to be like I, I know why you're doing this because really this like is not even trying to make it look like she's trash for them they can pay for it and basically that's what it's all the all around the movie that's how the men are portrayed anyway yeah yeah i so for anyone who hasn't seen the film after the financial crash these women start luring men to the bar initially just by getting them really drunk and then being like let's go to a club and then they get a cut of what the guy spends at the bar which you know a little bit dodgy but seems fine like they're not actively forcing those men to drink loads but then it moves on to drugging the men so that they are just willing to do whatever and forget everything the next day and then just essentially robbing them, which is not great. But as I was watching it, I was like, obviously not great. This is based on a true story. You shouldn't be drugging people. But a tiny, tiny part of me found it quite entertaining just watching them. Mm. I can't think of how I explained it yesterday to Lee. So it just feels quite satisfying. Like these men seem just so stupid. 
sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's true. Yeah, when I watched it today, I was like, God, men are so fickle. Like four beautiful women come into their gate and they get drugged and they don't even know. Like, I feel like women have to constantly be on the lookout. You'd never leave your drink, right? Mm. And I remember when we were, when I first started going to like nightclubs, they were like, put your hand over your glass, like all sorts. And you'd never, if you went to the loo, you'd make sure you drank mm. or you'd wouldn't come back but like men clearly never had to worry about this shit so you know they're so fickle they get like four beautiful women that like are fawning over them that they don't even notice that the girls aren't even drinking or like mm. anything but yeah if they're just just shows how they are stupid sorry yeah. but... the men in the film are very not all <laughs> yeah. men obviously yeah, no, sorry. <sighs> just no, put I... that caveat <laughs> I think it's just more than being stupid. Like they feel so powerful in a way that mm. they think nothing can touch them. And they know they're buying this. Like I don't think they believe one minute that they're genuine. But it feels like they don't even care. Because you know the story where there's one guy who went back three times to the club? That's a true <laughs> yeah. that's a true story. That's part of the true story. Oh my the God. article they're talking about this. So you like the guy went back three times after being drugged every time and he went back with the girls and he spent I mean and when you hear how much they spent, we're talking like ten thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars, and it seems like how can you spend that much money? in one night it's those numbers seems ridiculously high to the point that if that happened to you it's hard to feel bad for them because yeah, like, yeah. it doesn't like if i would go to a bar first of all i could not spend fifty thousand dollars because my car wouldn't allow that <laughs> <laughs> but if, if i can afford to spend fifty thousand dollars a night we have a different problem so mm. it's not the same I think it's a lot about power. Yeah, and I, I think partly why I didn't feel bad as well is that they're all like rich, white, Wall Street men. And there is a bit where Ramona says like, these men fucked up the whole world by stealing yeah. from people in the stocks and shares and I don't understand finance, but whatever they did. And that this is just payback. And part of me was like, yeah, you do that. But then drugs got involved. I was like, that's less great. <laughs> I preferred it when you were just enticing them to get drunk i really love the scene where they've taken a guy back to the bar and they've ordered shots and they all take them and he drinks his and the three of them just throw the shot over their shoulder <laughs> i was like how do you not notice they're not drinking all night like they're throwing alcohol over their shoulders that's not that subtle at all i did find it quite sad watching it that there are a couple of moments i guess one where ramona says to destiny if they call the police and say i went to a strip bar and spent loads of money and got drugged they're not going to be believed and then you see a bit later on where uh, doug i think calls the police and says i've been drugged at a strip bar and the police officer just hangs up straight away i was like you're not even going to listen to that you should at least listen to them right okay so the thing is think about this okay it's not about believing in them or not. It's just that it seems odd. Like, because like we just said, like, how can you not know that they were like playing you from the beginning? Mm. It's just that there's four beautiful women coming to you, taking you drinking, and you can't realize they haven't, they, they, they haven't drink all night, that they drugging you. And then, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just like the police is just like, we have other stuff to do. Like, if you cannot control your alcohol, that's your problem. And I think that's what the thing was. It wasn't about, like, they believe that they were drugged. It was just, like, you cannot handle the situation. I mean, most of them are taking drugs anyway in the first place. So it was like, so what are you, what are you complaining about? This mm -hmm. night is wrong, and now you're complaining. I'm not saying it's, it's right, but it, 
I'm just saying that I understand the only thing is I suppose part of being a feminist is about being equal is that if it was happening the other way around mm. all hell would break loose you oh. know like we would be even like I get I get it's different because with when women get drugged yeah you know, then there's sexual assault and rape and it goes that far but if women were being drugged just for money I mean in a world where women would be earning that much crazy <laughs> money you know where we were in Wall Street and we were the dickheads you know then it's still not okay but it's and it's really bad isn't it because it is it is satisfying to watch and like you know how like Karini just said like can't you handle the alcohol but can you imagine if a girl was like spiked and the police mm. were like rang you know their response was like can't you handle the alcohol like fucking hell you know it would it just it's not fair in that system which is why it probably they got away with it oh yeah definitely mm. that's why she said like who would believe them which is true like nobody would believe them just um i understand as a feminist too i wouldn't say like, dragging someone is not something you should drug do. that drug that drug <laughs> <laughs> because even like the feeling of like you don't remember what happened tonight but you don't know what happened to you mm. that must be quite disturbing so that i get and then uh, be gaslighted i guess because ramona's then like oh no you had an amazing time yeah, don't you remember like yeah. that's what you need to do to have a fun time you spend all that money i still have the view like yeah fuck right because <laughs> it happens so much to women i'm like yes yeah i uh slightly off topic but on the subject of not allowing your drink out of your sight two stories when I was in secondary school, we had a company come to the school and show us these like stoppers you'd put in like an Alka-Pop bottle that you could only fit a straw through so that no one could slip anything into like the neck of your drink. I don't think I ever used one, but apparently they were meant to be in nightclubs and you could ask for them and they were available. I don't think... You realise how sad this is? I know, but at the time I was just like, oh, okay, I just have to be careful in a club, I guess. Whoa. And then another time... I, I was at a pub with a friend and we were sat outside and I was sat on, they were like share of bench, like big long tables and benches. And I was sat down chatting to my mate and someone had left their beer on the corner of this table and it slipped off. Like it was a bit of a wonky old warped table and it slipped off and fell to the ground. And this guy came over from the fucking fence way away from the table and was like, it, you just knocked my drink over, you're not gonna buy me another drink. And I was like, number one, no, I didn't. Number two, why have you left your drink? You, anyone could put anything in your drink. You're lucky that drink fell off the table. What is wrong with you? He, I didn't say any of that. I was just like, I didn't, I didn't touch your drink. And he got in such a huff and stormed out of the bar. But I was like, you don't leave your drink on a table. What are you doing? No, no, women can't leave drinks. That's the difference. It's a different world. Really? Uh, oh, there was also a really sad bit where Doug calls Destiny and is like, please send me that money back. I have a mortgage to pay. That's all the money I have. Yeah. It's like, oh, Doug. He just wanted someone to listen to his problems about his house burning down in a fire. And... I know. Actually, that's what make them fall. is because of those the men who actually... Because obviously, they managed to get men who had a lot of money who didn't really care. And just like, just said, okay, it's, uh, it's a, it was a bad night. I don't remember. I'm not doing it again. But then there was this man. And that's the sad part because at this point, they come to say all the men are the same. Mm. They're all hassles and they're all going to behave this way. None of them are, like, can be trusted. 
and in a way they just see them as like the enemy mm. at the end of the day they went to the strip club so it depends on how you see some a man going to a strip club how do you i don't know how you see them but at the end of the day like when you spend that much money and then this man that cannot afford it mm. that's when you said this is going a little bit further and that's the moment that even if she was looking for revenge it's like she doesn't like i think destiny feel bad but Gilo just like just don't care yeah like give up it's fine they you deserve it and at this point i mean you stop defending them after the drug anyway but this is also like yeah this is this is not gonna go well yeah the bit with the just the drinking i was like this is genius (laughs) but then obviously they went to a dark place my credit card limit is like four thousand pounds (laughs) <laughs> which does not mean I could afford to spend £4,000 yeah, on a night. Yeah. It, oh my God, it'd be awful. And every time I get like, the fucking bank will send me a letter and be like, we could raise your credit limit an extra £1,000. I'm like, why? I've not been paid anymore. Like, why? Don't let me have all this money that I could just spend. What's wrong with you? I accept it, just in case, but I hate it. Well, clearly, the other guys, if they were maxing out their cards, they could afford to pay it off. You don't get a 50k like credit limit for you know they check this stuff out don't they they don't mm. give it to anybody but yeah if the other guys just quietly went fine it was a bad night i'll just mm. deal with it Fuck, like yeah Can you imagine how much you're earning to not even care yeah on a completely different note i think jennifer lopez is 50. oh, uh, oh my gosh you look jesus Christ. like better than i look at 28. <laughs> I know she has a really brutal like workout regime. Really? Yeah, because she learned to pole dance for the film. Did she? And she definitely like works out every day and it's really intense. So that all that exercise, because even her body, if you look at it, is sculpted, yeah. isn't it? Like it's not she's not just like fit, like like actually like athletically fit. Mm. Um, but she does that that's all hard work. But then she's got yes. nothing else to do, has she? Like she can get someone to make her food and she just looks amazing. I know, I know. And then she's doing that, like her opening dance on the pole. It's like, oh, I think I fancied her by the end of the film. Um, The only bit I have a bone to pick with is she has a lip piercing on the side of her mouth. And for a while at the start of the film, because it's a diamond, I thought she'd dribbled. What was that? I was like, why is that on the side of her mouth that's glistening in the light? And then realizes. A piercing, not J Lo just dribbling them because that's something I do, of course. <laughs> and and she's she's J Lo, she's not dribbling on screen. Um, but but yeah. I think a lot of actress, even Kenson Wu, oh, yeah, Destiny that's the first role I've seen her like in a yeah. not comedy because she's a main actress in a TV show called Fresh of the Boat and she played like a mom, she played like a very normal like 30 something woman and in this role when she plays a very different role like much more sexy and much more i don't know um she's very she's actually very good she's believable too i love how at the beginning like you can see that she tried to change the image that she gave the vibe that she gave at the like now like in, in the present time she's like mm. ah, like stripping was not part of me like I was a very different woman. I, I, she got dragged into it. She was. She wasn't. It wasn't something that she wanted to do. Not. That I think any of them wanted to do this. It just came came up, and mm. that she kind of regret doing this. But in a way, she started to explain why she did it. Mm. And 
but she seemed as involved in this as Ramona, to be honest. Yeah, I was a bit shocked when she's telling Julia Stiles, whose character's name I can't remember, she's telling her, uh, she made it seem like Ramona had done something really, really awful. And I know Ramona did, like, she called her a bitch at one point. It wasn't nice to her at the end, but not in a way that, it still seems like they had some kind of sisterhood together. I, I was expecting her to betray her in a massive way. I suppose because there's that sisterhood and she wasn't there when she needed her, mm. um, when she was struggling with that guy. And I think that's probably when it started unravelling, didn't it? Because then they invited in people, that, randoms. Like, mm. why would you do that in this thing? Like, to trust someone you don't know. And then that guy who's like, they had to put him in the back of that car <laughs> to then take him to the hospital. And I suppose for her, she probably felt like, we're in it together. We normally sort, sort this shit out together. Mm. There might have been an element of jealousy because she was with that other girl, wasn't she? Trying to sort her out. Yeah. The one that ended up like going to the police and shopping them all in. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like Ramona sort of got almost too arrogant with what they were doing and too... Uh, I can't think of the right word. Too ambitious, maybe? Because I think... Because initially they're sharing... They're getting cut of what those men are spending and they just she says well we don't need the club we'll just take them back to their hotel room and or whatever it is they're planning to do and obviously then they lose the protection of the club and the the people who are working there who know what they're doing and they're then just on their own in a hotel room with those men because i think then the other girls stop turning up and are like this isn't i don't like this and that's when she starts getting in all the random women and it just Unravels. In a way, it also shows that because I think at some point that you, you, you can start to glamorize this, you, you know, like they go into this club, they're having a lot of money, and you have those moments when you know when this they celebrate Christmas and they offer each other gift that costs like I don't know, like my month rent basically for each gift, and you see this moment like oh, but see they still have good moments, they're still like very close to each other, they dance with each other, they laugh, they have this very cute moment. But then you come back to reality, which is when basically they have problems. Some of them are drug addicts. Some of them, sometimes the men just pass out, like he can't do anything anymore. The guy will jump from the roof. It's like all this stuff bring you back to reality that this is not fun. This is like not something that's easy to do. No, and actually they almost had no choice because if she'd carried on doing what she was doing you know like barely surviving because even when she had the kid didn't she was she was by herself and she wasn't doing any of that anymore there's no support out there is there for women to help themselves and build themselves up mm. so they almost need to do this to kind of get a leg up because that was the whole point wasn't it at the beginning it was that they go to college and they study and Ramona was going to have a, a clothing line and denim yeah denim like bikini <laughs> And Destiny was going to, she was doing, she was studying, wasn't she? So mm. the idea was that this was almost kind of give them the step up that they needed to have to help them, but mm. they've got no choice. Like that was what was really telling is that they're from poor communities, like backgrounds, and it was the only way that they could make some money. Yeah. So you do feel really sorry for them because it, like what choice do they really have? And you can see as well why having gone from earning so much money that I think Destiny, I don't know whether she bought her own home or was able to rent her own place, um, but she got her grandma out of debt, was able to pay to go back to school all from stripping. 
and then there was the crash and they had to go work minimum wage jobs with boss like I think Ramona's boss she tried to ask him for flexible working hours so that she could look after her child on Fridays and he was like no you don't see Pete taking time off to look after his kids see he can manage it I was like Ugh. I don't think the guy was called Pete but it's like gross goodness sake and you could see why they were then like this is shit work with people being assholes and I'm getting paid next to nothing when I was earning loads of money and having fun some of the time at least you could see why they'd want to go back to that and even you know when she's talking to the journalist she's trying to explain why she did this and how she come from like a bad neighborhood and the journalist says so like we were comfortable and you just want to say, you say that because you didn't have to struggle. And both of her parents had like, well, uh, she was well off. And that's what she's trying to say. Like, we didn't grow up in the same situation. So it doesn't mm-hmm. give an excuse what she did, but it explains where she's coming from. And that's why I think I have like mixed feeling about this movie, because sometimes it's just like, I understand. And but I also like the fact that they didn't glamorize too much. Obviously, you have the whole, like, they, you go into luxury, luxury stores and buy a lot of stuff. But then also, like, the moment where it's hard, when you see those men groping them for, and you're just like, no, I wouldn't do that for money. No, I'm good. Yeah, because they do touch on that, don't they? They talk about the abuse and sometimes they can be violent. And I think after the crash, when Destiny had started working as a dancer again, the, the mother of the girls I think she was just called Ma she said to Destiny that like oh the Russian girls will like give the guys a hand job for like three hundred dollars or whatever and then that guy tries to get her to give him a blowjob or a hand job and says like I'll give you three hundred dollars and then gets her to take drugs and leaves I think she said like three twenty pound notes yeah. and she didn't realize until after and you're like oh that's sad and if everyone else in the club is up for doing that then that's like raised the bar almost because before i i mean i'm sure people would have asked but i guess it would have been more expected this is just a lap dance is what this is if all the other girls are then like oh no i'll do this for extra money you get left behind if you're then not also doing that does this uh, movie pass the Bechdel test? Yes, they both pass both the race and female Bechdel test. I couldn't name for you a specific moment because I was like halfway through the film when I remembered that was something I need to pay attention to. There was a bit, I think, where Destiny and Ramona were talking about their kids together. They were both girls, so okay. it, it definitely does. And yeah, there was a lot of uh, people of colour in the movie. Mm. I was very surprised because they put like Cardi B and Lizzo being like part of the movie when really they just appear for like half a second. Like Lizzo doesn't, she had like two lines I think at some point. Mm. And Cardi B may have a little bit more, but it's not that much either. I don't even know why they promote them as part of the movie really. No. Yeah, because Lee came in after like 20 minutes and was like, where's Cardi B? I was like, I think you missed her. I think she's just one of the strippers at the start. I was like, oh. What I did like about Lizzo was that she's even in it, even if it is like for the first 20 minutes, because they don't, they're not shy about her figure either, are they? Mm. Like she's wearing clothes that everyone else is wearing. They've not covered her up. Yeah. Even though she was only in it for like 20 minutes, it was good to see her on the stage and dancing. Mm. And my favourite bit was when Usher came in and she like grabs her hat and she's like, <laughs> I'm just here but um no no I know it's a shame because they do heavily promote them don't they it's to get people in isn't it because who would want to see a movie with Cardi B Lizzo JLo but yeah no it was good to see her on screen 
compared to, especially when you see J-Lo like dancing for like a good 10 minutes and then like, oh, some normal people. Yay. Should we have a brief chat about strip clubs in general and how we feel about them? Because I'm a big fan of burlesque. And as I was watching it, I mean, I, I think I know what the difference is and why strip bars make me feel uncomfortable. But I thought it'd be interesting to talk about because the whole films are about strippers and pole dancers and strip bars. And we're all feminists. So how do we feel about that? Well, women actually enjoy it, don't they? So I think there's a misconception here that as much as some people do it because they're like, you know, have to do it because they're... They want to earn money. But some people genuinely enjoy it. So I think the feminist part in me, if you're doing it because you want to, whether you, you know, and you enjoy it, then why not? It's just making it a safe environment. I think that's the problem is that mm. men think that because they're doing it for them, that there's somehow power over them and they can treat them like shit. But if it was done in a safe, like, like burlesque is a respectful art form and it's you know and it's done in a respectful way where you're not like jeering over someone or you don't think you've got power over someone I think then it's okay because pole dancing is hard work Mm. you know it's not easy and so I think that's it gets it doesn't get the credit it deserves a lot of women do pole dancing as exercise now it's quite a common thing no I understand and I think that's a very big difference and also I think strippers obviously there's a lot of them that enjoy the dancing and everything but there's also this I think the fact that strip clubs mostly are like the target audience is men Mm -hmm. is sexualized but more in a predatory way like they they want to have like they 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 kind of devalue women but in this movie what they're trying to say is also that they they actually have the power and the control and they keep saying the word control all the time that they have the control of this. And be, but also because the club they work is, like they're, they have cameras everywhere, they have security everywhere. So that's also like, they are safe in this environment. They have this mom who's taking care of them. They have all this that made them keep in, like keep control. So overall my feeling about strip clubs is kind of make me feel uncomfortable. I get, I have this feeling too, but because I wouldn't do it. Also for many reasons, not just because I think it's because I don't feel comfortable and I do, I don't, I wouldn't be able to do pole dancing. I did it once for end party. It was not a good idea. <laughs> and, uh, and, but I don't know. It's, I have mixed feeling about this because as a feminist, you're just like, you just been sexualized by men all the time. And they see you as a sexual object at this moment. Like they, burlesque is a different story. I would say it's like, we see, like even the stigma is different like it's burlesque you see as an art when stripping is still seen as a woman like taking your clothes off for men yeah i think i feel the same way i've been to like burlesque nights and it's been a, like a real mix of men and women in the crowd and i like it's just been so exciting i it was the black hearts suicide girls black hearts burlesque that i went to which I think I've told you guys about before, because it was just one of my favourite nights of my whole life. They were all doing burlesque and stripping, like, nerdy kind of things, like Harry Potter and Game of Thrones, and stuff that I love because I'm a nerd. And it was just wonderful watching these women, like, get naked, because they're just beautiful, and it was so exciting. But then strip bars feel like... I think they're like gentlemen's clubs, they're for men, and it feels weird that then all of the women are there because they're objects there to please men rather than like if it were a mix of men and women doing the stripping and you could like 
pick pick and choose whatever it was you're interested in. Because I don't think I was watching it last night. It's like I guess there's I was trying to think of Lee going to one because I'd be like, would I feel comfortable with that? And no, probably not. But then if if it was like a mixed thing and there were men and women and I got to go, then I'd probably be like, you enjoy those boobies that that yeah. lovely lady has. Yeah, but there's a difference. Like there's no like there's a reason there's no strip club for women, really. Yeah. Because even if you do look at, like, uh, you know, when you have uh, the chip and bells, it's not the same thing. It's not done the same way. It's not about power, is it? When you go to, I've never been to one or had a male stripper. No. I find anything, I can't imagine it worse, but it's like, it, you're not there to to disrespect the guy. They're putting on a show for you to enjoy. Mm. But this feels like, in strip clubs, it feels like the woman's there like at the request of the man yeah and also they're throwing the money that's mm. oh. yeah. i actually so i've not i'm really i've watched magic mike and i hate it i really don't it's just not my thing really? i think we've discussed this before like buff oily men not my thing but like weedy pale emo music guys <laughs> totally my thing if they were like stripping wearing skinny jeans over it but magic mike it's just not for me i understand why lots of women love it I'm here for the Duke licking his spoon in Bridgerton and anyway, let's go back to the movie. Is there other stuff we want to talk about the film before we go on to rating it? The only thing I wanted to say was, you know, it was interesting that all the Wall Street men were white. Mm. Everyone was white. Everyone who didn't have money was like brown and Asian and ethnic, but everyone who had money was white. It was really interesting. But I didn't know if that was intentional. Because even the police officers, they were all predominantly white, weren't they? Or I think there was a couple of like Hispanic. But I didn't know if that contrast was intentional. But I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I wrote that down. The clients are all white men. I agree. I don't have much else to add. I agree. It was an interesting... And also made me feel then less sympathetic towards them as well. Sorry, white men listening. I, I think they did such a good job of portraying that like Wolf of Wall Street type guy that, yeah. Yeah, I think that you can see the very different, the two different worlds that are colliding in the strip clubs and that they don't come for the same thing and they don't talk, to, they don't talk to each other really. It's just like there's never, it's the power of money just divide them so much that they just, one of them is seeing them as object and the other one is also seeing them as object to take money from. Like they're basically ATM for them. Mm. And the way they're punishing them, it's like, yeah, they deserve it. And I get, and I understand that because when you look at what happened in the financial crisis, like no Wall Street guys went to jail for this when it was awful. But I don't know, I have, I think it's also harmful to them because it doesn't, it doesn't change the situation they're the one who was arrested at the end. I mean, even if like only two of them went actually to jail and the two other didn't. Only for the weekend is what I've always said. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. like, what do you mean? They spent the weekends in jail for however many months or years it was. <laughs> like, that's a thing. Yeah, it's a way for people not to lose their job and homes and stuff like this. Oh, okay. And I suppose they're low risk, aren't they? Because they're, yeah. they're not harmful. But it's interesting what point you made, Corinne, that you know, the Wall Street people, they didn't lose their jobs. They didn't get arrested. Mm. No consequences for them. But these girls were arrested and they were facing jail time. How is it any different? Like, mm. you're, they're taking from wherever. They're stealing from whoever, these guys. But then are doing it. And I appreciate the drugs, like, took it one step too far. But there's dodgy shit happening everywhere. But the people on the top, 
don't seem to have to suffer the consequences. Yeah. That's why they are so powerful because they know that nothing can touch them. Yeah. I mean, look at Donald Trump. Sorry for mentioning his name, but like, <laughs> you know, people, banks will have loaned him so much money knowing full well that he can't afford to pay it back, yeah. you know, but it, it, that would never happen for people like us. I always think of the Wolf of Wall Street with stuff like this, because he stole all that money from people. I've read the book as well, and so much of it I didn't understand, because obviously the fraud stuff he did is to do with stocks and shares, and it just went straight over my head. I was like, I don't understand. Anymore. But it, I find it so weird that he... He was arrested, but I don't, I think he went to like a fancy rich person's jail where he was playing tennis and stuff like that. And then he comes out and writes this book, but then gets made into this massive film. And I think there was like a Wolf of Wall Street experience in London. He does uh, talk shows and events every, every time. Yeah. I was like this, and obviously like, I get that if someone served their jail time, then they should be allowed to start their life anew. I was like, this is so weird. He fucked up so many people's lives and stole from so many people, why is he now like celebrated? And like everything he did is now this amazing film that people love. Because I think at the end of the day, the world of Wall Street is as much as we, you can hate the guy, a lot of people loved this movie and thought it was amazing. A lot of my colleagues thought it was a great movie and that they loved the life he lived. Mm. And so it, it was glamorizing capitalism in a way. And at the end of the day, he seemed like this very strong man who can do whatever he wants. And even if he does get caught, it doesn't have the consequences. So why not love this guy? Because he actually have it all. So yeah, and when you look at this movie, Hustler, Mm. You're just like they still losing like at the end of the day they didn't come out they they most of them didn't have a great life to begin with it didn't get any better they had a moment of like a lot of money and can go buy like movie town and gucci but other than this it was mostly um at the end they still got caught they couldn't leave the way they wanted i mean understand why she took a deal because she could lose her daughter it's mm. all this stuff that came back to reality and you're just like, yeah, when you're at the bottom, even if you like trying, you can still go and lose. Yeah, definitely. You know, can I just say one thing that bugged me throughout the whole film? And yes. I know it's really silly. It's not even the film. So they made so much money, right? Shit loads of money. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they save it? Like that really bothered me. I wonder if that's because if you haven't come from money, you might not be as smart with money or you've been in a place where you know enough to think ahead. Because my my mum's always taught me about saving money and stuff like that and making sure I'm careful with my money and sensible. But she knows nothing about stocks and shares and nothing about investing money. And I don't either. And because everything I know about money she's taught me, I've just not gone on from there but she didn't have a lot of money when we were teenagers but we when I was a teenager she was a fully grown woman so that's what I'm guessing I think there's more to this I think to be honest the the issue here is that it's illegal money oh yeah laundering money is not easy yeah that's true yeah forgot about that good point (laughs) nobody I mean how can you justify like Every bank, if you, every day you put like $10,000 on your account, mm. I mean, this is, um, I mean, this isn't like, this is hard to do. Laundering money is not easy. It's not easy because, and when you have a lot of cash, which is they usually do because they take the money out and everybody can cash, it's easier. It's, you have to justify it. So then 
you see things like again in the Wolf of Wall Street, they're able to get like offshore accounts where people. Yeah, but we're talking about street pressure, not talking about like. Well, that's what I mean. I think because they've come from this completely oh, different uh, world, it's they're just not able to. I think it depends on the scale too, because yeah. having an offshore account, we're talking millions. We're not talking yeah. about like ten thousand pounds. <laughs> it's not the same amount, and also because okay, so one of my cousin who went to jail many times who's also every time he go he get, gets out still doing the same bad thing that he did. And every time we're like, why are you spending that much money? Why are you buying Gucci? Why are you buying all this stuff that costs a lot of money? But in a way, it's like, first of all, laundering money is hard. And also, he basically knows that he will go back eventually or he's going to get caught eventually. So what's the point? Like, it's not going to change. And in a way, you know, how they, like, when you say, like, they train to go to school, they train to get better, but everything keeps knocking them down. So basically, just like, what's the point? Like, let's enjoy life now. Mm. And let's enjoy, like, because even, like, the apartment that JLo lives in, like, it's, it's, it's a ridiculous apartment when you think about it. Like, she must be paying so much money. And you would think, why? Why would you do that? Like, why do you? But in a way, it's, I think for them, it's also a way to be, like, to show they're on top, that they have the control. Shall we rate the film? Yes. I feel like this film's going to go quite high. What do we think for just the female side of things? I don't think it could get any better, could it? No, no yeah. Because they, they also, I know most of the strippers were very, like, toned, but they also had Lizzo there as... So, <laughs> That sounded quite dismissive of Lizzo. If you're looking for a criticism, I suppose, and this is, the, but the film was all about strippers, is that they didn't show any women other than the journalist outside of that world. Like mm. there were no women in the finance world. That's the only tiny criticism, but then that was not what the film was designed to show. No. Do you think a five? Yeah, have we given a five before? Me neither. I haven't done this. Bend It Like Beckham got 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it did. It was our first certified film for film, as Lee makes me say. And Gina keeps bringing up in the podcast, so it's now becoming a thing. Yeah, I, I feel like maybe this one could be 10 out of 10 too, because there was a wide range of women. And, like, the two main characters weren't white women. Yeah, yeah. And, again, I guess the only critique would be that from the finance side of things, they were all white men. Yeah. But I guess you could also argue that still women and people of colour are not represented in that world in the way that white yeah. men are. And also, you feel much less sympathetic towards... Yeah, it's just, and it's just a reflection of what's the reality, right? Yeah. So does that mean it gets 10 out of 10? Yeah, it does. <laughs> wow. Thank God we found another <laughs> film that's a 10 out of 10 feminist, safe, femme-fresh, raw film. <laughs> So Hustlers got 10 out of 10, our second certified Femme Fresh film. Good job, Hustlers. Thank you very much to Aman and Kareen for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. I like that you're both waving, even though the list is classy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a big thank you to Sandra for doing the music you hear at the beginning and end of this podcast. And thank you very much to Lee Popey for doing everything for this podcast, who's also waving, not that you can see for doing all the editing and our work and producing and all of that jazz. We'll be back in your ears in two weeks' time to talk about Ghostbusters, which uh, is going to be it's going to be interesting to talk about. One of Lee's favourite films and one of my least favourite films, so we'll see how this goes. Um, if you want to get involved in the chats and let us know if you'd go to a strip bar and what you thought of Hustlers, then you can find us at Real Feminism on Instagram and Facebook. 
and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Bye.